Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. Good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all the people. So the angel announced to those trembling shepherds on this holy night. Today, a great light has driven back darkness. Today, the earth has brought forth a Savior. Today, all things have been made new. Today, the creation which had been subjected to corruption is reborn. Born from above, born pure, born holy and perfect. A new man has sprung from the earthen womb. A true man, a real human. The first and only man since Adam, who is without the stain of sin, without that contagion which has infected the entire human race. There is no blot, no defilement, no corruption, no taint on his soul. The power of sin does not permeate or control him. In the words of St. Leo, the doctor of the church, the Blessed Virgin has produced in him a seed which is free from the fault of its stock. This is why we say that today iniquity has been blotted out and all has been made new, reborn. For today, truly, we all die and are reborn in him. He has created a new humanity, a new race of man, free from the leprosy of sin, free to know and love God, free to enter into the eternal joy of the glorious kingdom. The reason that this truth is made so real to us in this particular feast has to do with birth. His birth, the words birth as a baby, from his blessed mother, is a rebirth for us and for all of creation. The worlds are reborn today in Christ's human birth. That's what our collet says today as well. Our prayers, all of our prayers, if you look at them carefully, and the teachings of the fathers of the church, stress this point and relate even our baptism. You realize Christmas used to be also on January 6th. On Epiphany, the baptism of Christ and the birth of Christ were celebrated on the same day. And this is all in the same sort of season, the Christmas Epiphany season. It's because Christ's birth and our baptism and his baptism are really one and the same. They're all in the same event. You know, our baptism, we think of dying with Christ in his death, and that is true. We die with him because he died. But we are reborn through the womb and the font of baptism because of his human birth. It is his human birth that relates to our new birth in the baptismal font and the baptismal waters. 
What makes it possible for your old man to die is Christ's death. But what makes it possible for you to be reborn and regenerated is his human birth. St. Leo, in making this connection, goes so far as to actually liken the baptismal font to the virgin's womb, which is brilliant. The font is filled, he said, with the Holy Spirit, just as the Spirit filled the virgin's womb. The waters of that womb, our font, from our mother, the church, and our blessed mother, the Virgin Mary, wash away the stain of sin and make us like our elder brother Christ, who was the incorruptible and spotless seed coming forth from the Virgin's womb. When we are born again, we are participating in Christ's human birth which is the rebirth of humanity, a new race of man. We are born into Christ. We are born into Christ, and as we are born into Christ, we are set free from the leprous stain of sin. This is what we mean, as we said last night, in quoting the antiphon for lauds of this feast, that iniquity has been blotted out. This is what we mean. And this is why, also, as I said last night, we cannot be sad. We must not be sad. We are not permitted to be sad. It is not okay to be sad. We cannot despair or sulk in our disappointments. We cannot know and experience the power of God's love and remain in darkness, in the oppression of despair. It is not possible. These things are mutually exclusive. So often, though, as many of us can relate, we do feel hindered from experiencing the power of his love to the fullest. Well, because we do not seek it above all else. Because we do not purify our lives. We toy with sin. We listen to evil voices in our heads. We entertain them, invite them in. We remain hard-hearted and not compassionate. I don't think that it's possible for us to go on in unrepentant sin and know the joy we are admonished, we are admonished to embrace through rejoicing in this great feast. When we are enveloped by the power of God's love in Christ, by what he has done for us, by our freedom and the glory that he has bestowed upon us, then all the present sufferings of this life will be of nothing to us. Sure, there are times to mourn and grieve in this life, but it should be holy mourning, holy grief. And a holy grief, a holy sorrow, never eclipses that abiding presence of joy and peace. Never. Because we know, we know deeply, and we feel the reality that this is all very temporary. And it will soon pass away, as if it never existed. And then there will only be light and glory. A woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, to the man, she no longer remembers the anguish. For joy that a human being, a man, has been born into the world. Well, that's what we proclaim on this feast, isn't it? On this great feast of joy that a human being, not a human being, the human being, the man, 
Jesus Christ has been born into the world. The travail is over. It is really over on this day, despite how things may seem in this mopping up stage of things. It is over. The deed is done. Iniquity is blotted out. You have been made new. The man is born. All things have been made new. And return to God and into the words of that man himself as he hung upon his cross. It is finished. Let us be glad, St. Leo says. There is no proper place for sadness when we keep the birthday of the life. The life which destroys the fear of mortality and brings us to the joy of promised eternity. He goes on to say that the mystery of the incarnation demands our joy. <laughs> the Lord says to us, look, look, behold what I have done for you. I humbled myself. I left my majesty on high. I came down. I came down and joined myself to your weak and broken humanity that I might lift you up on high so that you may be free, that you might be able to know my love and experience for all eternity my joy and beauty. Are you not happy? Are you not glad? Are you not grateful? Why are you stuck in your small, pitiful self? Why do you listen to the voices of demons who lie to you, deceive you, try to push you back into that darkness that I have set you free from? Why would you feel sorry for yourself after what I have done for you? How? This always strikes me in Lent on Fridays when we say the stations of the cross. At one of the stations, the Lord says to his people, what more could I have done that I have not already done? We go about sulking in our disappointments and our sadness after everything that he has done for us. And we look at the cross and it means nothing to us because we're so wrapped up in ourselves. That's why St. Paul says rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. If anybody had an excuse to be a little depressed, it was St. Paul. My joy is your strength, the Lord says to us. I have given you everything that you may be brimming over with joy. Thank God. Rejoice in him for what he has done. You know your troubles are a light affliction. They will pass. But even in the midst of them, in the midst of your troubles, you will know the power of God and the love of God. The power of God's love is made perfect where? In weakness. In weakness. Therefore, embrace the weakness and find Christ in it through faith and give him thanks in the midst of it. Be weak, humble, contrite, lowly, with tears and faith, cry out to God, and he will set you on high, as he has already done in Christ. And then you will know the joy of God, and have strength to face the remainder of this life with joy. Joy to the world, the Lord is come, let us receive our King.
Christ is born. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.